Well, hello there and welcome along to Let Me Explain with myself, Josh Crosby, standing in for Sean Defoe. Let Me Explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. After the festivities of December, it's peak wedding prep season. Venues are being booked, dresses are being measured and guest lists are being debated. But to limit the stress and avoid any mishaps or miscalculations, let me explain the wedding prep guide from the experts. This is the time where all the work happens, Josh. It's all the preparations and the final uh, details and couples are really excited. I think everybody the year before, so 2023, they're rolling in and January 1st hits like, oh my God, 2024, I'm getting married or I want to get married in 2025, I need to move. So these kind of, this first quarter, January, February, March, it's, um, yeah, a lot of activity in the office, which is great and exciting. I think a lot of people get engaged all over Christmas and certainly what happens where everybody sits back and say, look, we're getting married this year, we better start planning or you were getting married in the year ahead, like say for 2025. So that's when people tend to sit down and really look at their planning. It is the month of the busiest time for inquiries. Like we were looking at the stats on the traffic to the website and absolutely crazy year on year. It's just increasing. So where to begin? A traditional church wedding or a civil ceremony? Intimate family and friends or a three-day event? Ireland or abroad? There are hundreds of questions and decisions that need to be made. Sharon Griffin from Frog Prince Weddings gives us a rundown of what's trendy for 2024. The rules are out. You know, I've always said that a wedding is a huge investment. Not only is it a financial investment, it's an emotional, it's a physical, it's a mental investment. It's those two years, a year of planning. You're really all in and you've worked really hard for all that money and also the emotional ties of planning this and wanting it to be right. Couples are just throwing the rules out the window and I love it. I've always encouraged it. I'm like, you don't need to have like, you know, a really big bridal party. You don't need to ask all of your friends. You don't need to have a traditional wedding a cookie cutter kind of exactly the same as everybody else has done you could think outside the box have a different space for your ceremony have your ceremony with immediate family and friends we've seen this several times on a Friday and then a big party on a Saturday and they really are choosing their own way of doing a wedding I think colour is huge we've had green and white weddings for so long and natural and simple colour has really come back with a bang People are, you know, enhancing colours. I've seen lots of coloured wedding dresses, floral wedding dresses. I've seen grooms and there's some really cool suits and really just personalising it instead of that kind of, you know, all uh, symmetry and, and kind of penguin style, you know. People are asking guests to come for two day, three day weddings and they really want to give them this experiential event to have a really gorgeous menu and just give them great entertainment, good dancing, lots of different alternative types of entertainment. I mean, we've seen drone shows, we've seen magic and dancers, like all sorts. The digital guest book is magic, Josh. So I I would highly recommend it to anybody. We've seen a lot of that where there's a QR code on the table. You set up your website and the guests click the QR code. It brings them into your site and they can upload their photos and messages from the evening, which is an incredible way to capture the behind the scenes of your wedding. Creative and unique seem to be in vogue. Carl Malloy plays in a wedding band and founded WeddingSuppliers.ie, which links couples up with vendors. Similarly to Sharon, Carl is noticing the variations in styles and how people celebrate the occasion. Well, certainly for 2024, from talking to suppliers and venues, we all were in the thick of things after COVID because there was just so much pent-up demand. 2022 was crazy. 2023 was similar. And then 2024 starts settling. Now, it didn't really start settling in the sense of 
inquiries, but there was different systems in place. You know, there wasn't your traditional Irish wedding standard type wedding happening. There was people doing lots of different things. People are saying a lot of weddings are being scaled back in numbers. You know, I'm not seeing that completely because, you know, I, I play a bit of the music as well. So, you know, over on the west side of Ireland, you'll always see big weddings and this, they're still on happening. But what we are seeing is there's a mixed bag. You'll see some people might just have a restaurant wedding. Some people will have a massive wedding. But the standard seems to be still around 120 plus. So, for example, there's a massive shift from your typical church wedding. Now, they're still happening because, you know, you can't beat the ambience of church, right? But what's really, really happening is the venues now are adapting because they're seeing the influx of the demand for the civil ceremony on site. So the venues are actually building these environments on site to suit that. This is our first year where we had an award at the Wedding Suppliers.ie, Wedding Industry Awards, where we had a category for best civil ceremony. So that's definitely a huge shift that we're seeing. Catholic ceremonies are still the most popular choice when tying the knot. However, they are becoming less so. CSO figures show that in 1973, 96% of marriages were Catholic ceremonies. This fell to 42% in 2022. Father Vincent Stapleton is a priest in Thurless County Tipperary. He says many couples find a stronger connection with the unity of marriage when saying I do at an altar. It's a gift, I suppose. That's the way I would speak at the wedding. I'd say, you're sitting there together side by side in front of me now, and you have to do it in public, which is a a very vulnerable thing to do, uh, that you've made the gift of yourself to the other and received that gift from them. That's something sacred. Like, we call that a sacrament because there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit is working there, drawing those two people together. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy or perfect. In one of the other weddings I had, the couple actually made their vows on a crucifix, I said to them, that's to remind you of the element of sacrifice. And then it's about setting up like a a family life. And we know that fewer people are physically attending mass. But when it comes to weddings and marriage, why do you think couples want to mark it, still go back to the church and have the holy Catholic wedding? Uh, Sometimes it's because the family has a strong Catholic tradition and uh, the person was baptised and got their first communion, confession, confirmation in that local church which is special to them. And there's elements of faith in that. Even if that person isn't going to Mass on a Sunday and it would be wonderful if they are going to Mass on a Sunday, but if they're not, that doesn't mean they have no faith or that their religious sense is dead. When you're making any kind of pivotal decision, you reach into your own values. And I think a lot of people still have like an innate religious sense. They mightn't have developed it very well uh, or reflected too much on what it means to say they believe in God. They believe in something. The location of the wedding takes a lot of consideration. So what about those who've already walked down the aisle? Looking back, would they change their plans? Firstly, I spoke with Donegal man Niall McCauley, who married Nicole Carolyn in 2017. We got married on a Thursday in November because it was a cheap day to get married, but it gave people a long weekend if they wanted one as well. Jeez, I don't think we'd do anything differently. Just budget. And the some- one, Sorry, the one thing on the spreadsheet, we had wedding band and wedding bands for like music and jewellery. And I thought I duplicated, so I deleted one of them. Come to the actual the thing, I was like, where's the budget for the actual music? Because the wedding bands were paid for. That's the one mistake we made. So you had a spreadsheet with all your accounts, like an Excel. Everything, of- all the outgoings and ingoings and vendors right, and when they need to pay, all that stuff. Makeup, yeah. car, everything yeah, else. All that stuff. We actually, a mate of mine, her mommy bought a Lexus Jeep, but a month before the wedding, and I went out and I was like, would you mind driving the bridesmaids and that? And I got my own car kind of polished up. That was the wedding car. We got married in the venue. So the need for a car for A to B was just less as well. So 
that's something to consider as well if you're not doing a traditional religious wedding. We like we invited kids and everything. So if you have kids, bring them. If you want to bring your weans, bring your weans. Looking yeah. back now, is there anything you would have done differently on the day? Yeah, I wouldn't have had maybe 38 children at my wedding. <laughs> my Running mother, around like rascals. My mother thought it was a good idea to let all my cousins bring their children with them, you know. So they kind of took over by the end of the evening, but all was good. I From nine or know. ten o'clock, yeah. people are getting exactly. I've eight sisters, so you can imagine a lot of nieces and nephews. So maybe no children, or else have babysitting plans in place. Yeah. I just say don't take it too seriously, because you know it's your day and make the most of it. Don't worry about people having a good time and not having a good time or all that stuff. I mean, you can get you can get wrapped up and be a bridezilla or a bridegroom zilla and want everything perfect from the singing swans, you know, all of that. But just enjoy the day because it's your day. When it comes to destination weddings, more and more couples are jetting off for some sun in Spain, Portugal and plenty of beachside resorts. The weather can make or break a good day and the warm sandy ceremonies are luring people abroad. But surely there are pros and cons. Sharon Griffin says they can work out more expensive in the long run. When you're jetting off, you make the decision that you may have to leave some family behind. And I think once you make peace with that and you know maybe not everybody I want at my wedding will be able to come. And if you are happy with that and you're you're comfortable, you're like, God, maybe I only want to have a wedding of 50 and I'll have a huge big party when I get home and have everybody there. It's a great option. It can be complicated depending on where you choose. You have to work with lots of different venues. I highly recommend finding an international planner or an Irish planner that works abroad is also amazing because you have that trust. And if they have built up their network in other countries, you can lean into that. And you mentioned the Irish party when couples return I presume maybe there's a registry office ceremony before they go abroad so it might not necessarily be more affordable No oh god I think going abroad can be much more expensive people think it is but actually you have to take into consideration I'm probably going to fly there two or three times prior to the wedding I may want to bring my parents or you know my partner's parents let's go do menu tasting so the cost of that you then have accommodation you're not going to go for just two nights you'll be probably there realistically for the week are there other accommodation you're going to pay for will you pay for your parents accommodation maybe you know younger siblings who knows so the costs can add up and I think having that good budget and knowing all of those costs all the hidden costs are put in it's really important plus then you have a registry beforehand do you want to just the two of you go off and have no lunch have no dinner not celebrate a little bit like it's hard to do that you know because if you're getting married here in the registry office quite often couples will say well our immediate family will come or you know maybe siblings and then the people who can't travel we then have this we love hospitality I mean like we're the party people we just love celebrating with food and dancing and good music so any chance for a party usually in Ireland so having those guests that couldn't make it and travel abroad having an option for them or maybe extended family members or extended colleagues and friends we all tend to have that second party And that runs up. I mean, if you're booking a band and you're booking a nice venue or hotel or restaurant, you still need to provide food. It may not be this big sit-down meal, but those costs do all add up, yeah. An Irish wedding planner working abroad can relieve the stress and uncertainty that can come with getting married in a different country. They will understand how couples and guests celebrate and also know what's happening locally on the ground. If you've been invited to a wedding, the age-old question will always be how much do you put in the envelope? Can you even give a physical gift anymore? And are online banking links a bit cheeky? Well, Carl Malloy and Sharon Griffin say it's a tricky one to put a figure on. 
there's this new system in place now where people will actually, you know, there's like a digital money box where you actually can revolute the money in. And you know what? It's not such a bad idea in some senses because, you know, people are always worried about cash envelopes. I mean, if you go back probably 20 years ago or beyond that, you know, I know speaking to my parents, they got a, an iron board or, you know, or a set of plates or, and that then shifted then into people getting money in envelopes. And I, I would see now a shift coming from people putting money in envelopes into that digital domain, you know. Now, obviously, a card is always nice and I think that's that should never go. Similar to invitations, you know, apart from digital invitations, people love the feeling of a nice invitation. It's such a tentative subject because it's relative to each person's uh, economic situation, you know. But I think to be a little bit discerning, I would say that, you know, the cost of hosting a wedding for a couple, just a meal alone, can run, you know, for 150, you know, 200 euro per guest. And I think guests sometimes don't realise that. There are so many other costs as well. And it's not to say, you know, that that has to be covered. But traditionally, 18 years ago, that would have been the thing, you know, that guests would make sure that that cost was covered. So it's running anything up from, you know, a couple of hundred quid to 500 euros, I don't know, and beyond, obviously, depending on how close you are and what family relationship you have. And then, again, your economic position as well, you know. So if you're in the depths of wedding planning, maybe you're arranging table plans, ticking off lists and dusting off the child of Prague. Keep the budget in mind and do what you both want yourselves. If it's the other way around and you've been invited to a wedding, what's the going rate for a gift? Well, I have to say now it's gone up, so at least 400. 400? Yes. And that's if there's two of you attending, is it? Yes, yeah. I mean, and it depends on if it's family or not, you know. But um, yeah, I would think at 400 up because it's so expensive to have a wedding. I know it's not, it's not meant to be all about the gift, but at the end of the day, it's costing them to have you there. So it's only right to give them a decent gift. I believe, actually, at some wedding, there was a lot of young people at a particular wedding. They got a lot of cards, but nothing in it. 200? Euro. Yeah, yeah. And is that if you're going by yourself or as a couple going attending a wedding? By myself, because generally I think that's what everyone gives now, isn't it? Two hundred. I think so. That's I don't get invited to many, but my brothers last year gave two hundred. Well, if on my own, I put uh, between two hundred and three. And if you're going as a couple, or we'd be doing between three and four. Would you ever consider doing a physical gift? Depends how well I know them. <laughs> so it does. So it varies on how many notes you're putting in the envelope. It does I think minimum two fifty? They bring the plate. We'll be glad, you know. Thank you very much for listening. Josh Crosby producing and presenting this week's edition of Let Me Explain, filling in for Sean Defoe, with John Kyo as the series editor and Lachlan Hart on sound. Chat to you again soon. 